Hi, my name is Lady Nicole Green, and I am 47 years of age. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana, and I am the First Lady, Executive Director of our church, Emmaus Christian Church, and I'm a producer content creator. My name is Pastor Henzi. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. Usually when they ask me my age, I just say plus, but I am 62 years old. I am a pastor and an entrepreneur. Henzi and I have been together for 22 years. If I had to describe our love story, I would describe it as real, rare, and all God. Welcome to Our Love Story, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every week, a real couple recounts how they met, how they fell in love, and the biggest moments of their relationship. Now, let's hear their love story. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Before I met Nicole, my dating life was a process of being ready to love again. I had been a bachelor for 40 years when I got married. So there were actually multiple phases to my dating life. As I shared early on, I was entrepreneurial. And so I actually owned restaurants and nightclubs. And so, of course, during that season, I was kind of in the social highlight. I had the club where all the athletes and the musicians, and that was kind of the crowd or set that I ran with during those days. And then God called me out of those businesses, and I sold those businesses. And it was six years later when I got called into ministry. So, of course, dating in the first scenario is completely different from dating in the second scenario. My dating life before I met Pastor Henzi, it was, it's hard to really describe. I was engaged four times before I actually got married. And I had what was called a father wound. My dating life really was that I really didn't trust, that I did not believe people because I felt like if my father, who was supposed to love me, didn't stay around and do that, how could I expect a man that owed me nothing to do the same? So I looked up and I was four rings in and they hadn't ended up in marriage. And so before him, it was just kind of, you had to prove to me you wanted to be with me. You had to prove to me and jump through 50 million hoops until you got tired of jumping through hoops. You would be like, okay, I'm out. And that's kind of what my day life was like before Henzi. I met Nicole at church, and we've been going to the same church for the longest time, but we never saw each other. I would say there's probably about 5,500 people that went to that church. But how we actually met was I was preaching that Sunday, and Nicole had come back in town from school 
and her and her cousin was in the balcony and I was preaching and she completely ignored the sermon. When we talk about how we met, Henzi, he tries to throw jabs in, but the truth of the matter was that this is a church that I've been in three generations. I've been in all my life. My mother had been in all her life. And so our bishop, Bishop Benjamin, he would always go away for sabbatical during the Christmas holiday. And so I was home from college. And I don't know if you guys know, but like when you come to church, you want to hear your pastor preach. You know, you come and you want to hear the person that you have been sitting under. And so my cousin and I, we get to church. We're sitting in the balcony. I'm home from school. And I'm like, where is Bishop? So... Immediately, me and my cousin, we do, we start talking the whole service and didn't hear anything that Pastor Green talked about. He was Minister Green at the time. And Bishop had the guys with the walkie-talkies, the earbuds, come and get me because he saw me up in the balcony. He hadn't seen me. So I came down and, and Pastor Green was standing next to him. And I looked at him. I was like, good word, good word. But I had not heard anything that he was talking about. And that was really our first meeting. And then after that, he called and we went out and the rest is, well, it's a lot of history, but it's history. When we got together, it wasn't about being drawn together. Literally for me, God had directed me to put together a television show. And so I had been working on it. I didn't have expertise in media. And so I was looking for someone to help me with the television show. And I remember when I met Nicole that she had said that her major was telecommunications. So I was in church and I heard God say to me, you haven't worked on that show. And I'm like, but God, I don't have expertise and I need somebody with expertise. And just then, like, somebody moved about four rows up, and I saw Nicole. And I'm like, okay, there's a girl that said her major was telecommunications. So I went up to her after church and asked her, could we meet about the project? And so it wasn't like, I really was not trying to push up on her. I, it was really about getting done what I felt like God was telling me at that moment. What happened was Henzi ended up calling me and we met at this sushi place. And I don't even eat sushi, but, you know, it wasn't a date. It was just I was connected with him to talk about ministry and all this other stuff. And so we're at the sushi place, but we're talking about life and things, nothing that we're supposed to be there talking about. But we're just talking and we look up and lunch has now turned into dinner. And he looks at me, he's like, you haven't eaten anything. And I'm like, oh, I'm OK, you know, because I'm like, I'm not tripping. And he was like, but you haven't eaten anything. I'm like, I don't eat sushi. He's like, well, why did you say that? I'm like, because it really didn't matter to me. And so then we ended up going to Hula Hands that was a little further down the road. And then we sat there and we talked for another three or four hours Nothing romantic, just talking. I mean, literally, it wasn't even like time was there. Well, that was really the hallmark of the early part of our relationship was really talking. Like, we probably did enough talking in the first three months to equal two and a half years with other people. 
we just talked all the time. So there were times she would come by the house and we would just sit and talk and not even notice the television wasn't on. And then what was even worse was when we tried to talk on the phone. We get on the phone and we start talking and we just keep talking and talking. And then the birds would be chirping. And I'm like, oh, my God, we've talked all night. Like, we would talk on the phone, like, for eight hours nonstop. I mean, there was never any lulls. We were just flowing, flowing, flowing. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. I got stuff I got to do. And then the next night, we would come back and talk. And I said, okay, we can't stay. We both agree. We can't stay on the phone long tonight. We're just going to talk for a few minutes. And then the birds would be chirping again. And it's like, oh, no, we did it again. During these conversations, I never thought that anything romantic was going on. What happened was, like I said, I was home from school. I had gotten a new job in Chicago. And my mom, one day, she was getting up, going to work. And it was one of those nights where we had been on the phone all night and the birds were chirping. And my mother opens the door to my room and she says, who are you talking to? I'm like, Minister Green. She was like, mm-hmm. I was like, no. She was like, mm-hmm. I was like, mother, whatever. She was like, mm-hmm. So it was really her making it seem like something was happening. My mom and my husband are a year apart in age. So the fact that he was much older, it wasn't like that was on my radar. I really, after my talk with God and just being engaged, and I thought he was a nice guy. I thought we had some great conversations, but, you know, he was a cool dude. But I'm like, he's like almost my mother's age. I mean, whatever. Because of the age difference, I did an old school thing once I figured out something was going on. So I called a meeting with her mother and her grandmother because her grandmother was an elder at the church. And so I went and talked to them and I told them that I felt something was happening. And I said, I know there's a significant age difference. And I said, if you guys have a problem with that, it stops today. So I gave them veto authority. And both of them said, no. They said, we always knew she needed somebody older. She said, everybody her age, she runs over. How did I know that Pastor Henzi was the one? I think that the one thing that I really appreciated was that he got me. There was no pretense. There was no trying to be something or try to fit into a particular mold that we were kind of past certain places in our lives and I was able to just be me. And he totally accepted the full me, the, the idiosyncrasies, the stuff that came with me. And I think I knew he was the one because he was patient. You know, he, he had this very patient demeanor that just made me being me easy. Mine is a little more spiritual it's because God told me clearly that this was the one for me. And so I had made a commitment to God before that I wouldn't go on what I see over what he said. And so that's where the age 
that felt like it was a hurdle for me. Once I got the word from God, it was like, okay, then let's go about seeing what this is. We had talked about marriage. We had talked about that that would be where we were going, the direction we were headed in. So it wasn't like totally out of the blue for us. And so we went to this really high-end restaurant in our city called Chante Claire. It's like the creme de la creme. And so, you know, we go up and we're having dinner and this violinist comes over and he's playing the violin. And then a dozen roses come over with the card and he looks at me, he said, open the card. I'm like, okay. So I open it and it says, will. And then maybe a couple of minutes later, another dozen roses comes, you. And then a few minutes later, another dozen roses come, Mary. And then someone, me and Nicole. So five dozen roses are sitting all around me. And each card having, will you marry me, Nicole? And I don't think he got on his knee, though. Now that I think about it, you did, you got on your knee? Yeah. So I guess he got on his knee. I don't remember that. But I do remember him pulling out the ring and putting my ring on. And then all the people, you know, all the people are like, oh, and they're all clapping. And then they say, what did she say? And all of that. So that is how Hensie proposed to me. I can't believe that she forgot that I got on my knees. Now, that's the part that's shocking me. Because, you know, I humbled myself. I was down on the floor in the restaurant. Now, here's what's funny. I know it wasn't a surprise because shortly after we really connected, we went to the mall and she started schooling me on diamonds. So she started teaching me about cut, clarity, Carrot, she, she, uh, she, you know, she took me in and, and started giving me this entire lesson on how diamonds are rated. So it wasn't like she wasn't thinking this was coming. So she had prepared to make sure she wouldn't be disappointed with the ring. Women always envision their wedding. So there are things that I had already envisioned, already put in my mind. It was our church. So I always knew I was going to get married at, at my church. I had the songs that I would, I mean, I literally had these songs, Leon Patillo, Flesh of My Flesh, the wedding song. So there were songs I had already picked out and I had picked out the date. I always wanted to get married in March. Always wanted to get married in March. So we had two to 300 people at the wedding. My bishop married me. He was the same person that baptized me. It was everything that I envisioned from the standpoint of that I would be sitting there really in love and really with the person that I knew I would spend the rest of my life with. So we went to Cancun for our honeymoon and we love the beach and we love sun. But at that point, I did not recognize how finicky of an eater Nicole was. And so she didn't like any of the food that we could find. And like after three or four days, I finally said to her, I'm like, girl, you got to eat something. I can't take you back to your mama dead from the honeymoon. And so we found two places in all of Cancun that she would eat. One was a breakfast place 
that closed at 1030. So every morning we'd have to wake up and rush down to the breakfast place because if we didn't get to the breakfast place by 1030, there was no food until five o'clock in the evening. And I finally found one other place that she could eat. Now, here's the funniest story. So we found an outback in Cancun. And I'm like, okay, cool. She'll eat outback. We go to the outback. And Nicole, she's giving this guy like 15 instructions on how she wants to steak. And I want it medium plus, but not well. And I want it butterfly. And he kept saying, see. C, C, and so she left. I said, now, you know, that's not going to come back anything like you just ordered it, right? And she said, no, he got it, he got it. And when it came back, it was a total disaster. So we had a great time. We enjoyed the beaches, but finding something to eat was the difficulty. What I love most about Henzi, there really are so many things. He's patient. He is slow to anger. He's a very gentle soul. I can talk to him about anything. He's my best friend. He really is my best friend. There's nothing that I could share with him or anything that I would tell him that would change his love for me or how he how he is going to be or how he will be with me. And I know that whatever I tell him will always be secret for him. He would never divulge my secrets. I think what I love most about Nicole is how passionate she is. When she is into something, I mean, she is into it. She goes all in. She goes all in for people all in for situations, like one of my favorite Nicole stories. So this was like when we were very first married. So keep in mind, this is 20 years ago. And so she drove by some guys that the police had pulled over and had them sitting on the curb. And she knew that there was injustice in how they were being treated. So she pulls over her car. We're on the phone. She goes up to the policeman and she's challenging the policeman like, what are you doing? Why are you treating these guys? Why do you have them sitting on the curb? And they was like, ma'am, step back. And she said, I'm an attorney. What is your badge number? Give me your badge number right now. And then the policeman start trying to explain to her why they was doing it. And I was like, babe, stop for you get arrested. You're not an attorney. Why are you doing that? But that's how her heart is. She hates to see people mistreated or injustice. And she gets so passionate where most people would just ignore it or say, that's not my business. Her passion causes her to jump into it. And I just absolutely love seeing that in her. When I think about our future, um, wow. <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting... Recognizing that um, how much God really loved me. I think that sometimes when I think about you know, people that don't make it or relationships that don't make it. Here we are at 21 years and in March to be 22 that that we've made it and we really still like each other, that we still 
get giddy and we still laugh and we still, you know, not that we don't have disagreements and all of that, but that we still are in it and we're in it for the long haul. And we really like and love one another. And I wouldn't want to do this with anybody else. I think that what I really look forward to is everything that we talked about fully coming into manifestation. Everything that we wanted, actually it being totally here and now. And so I think that that's what I look forward to is that everything that we talked about actually being a reality for us. What I get most excited looking toward the future is I know that Nicole is coming into her time. And it gives me such joy when I see her flowing in her destiny and in her creation. We've made so many sacrifices to get to this moment. And it feels like we're at the door and everything is about to explode. And all of those dreams will come true. And I just can't wait to see them. for listening to our love story. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and on Twitter at ParCast Network. For more episodes of our love story, follow us on Spotify and check out other ParCast originals, all available on Spotify. Our love story is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from ParCast. It was created by John Cohen. Sound designed by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. It's produced by John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and associate produced by Alex Trigvedotter.